Well, I'm just going to start by telling you about how much I like food. And, like, I have cried, I think, three times eating food. Like, not, not an exaggeration. Not an exaggeration, I have actually had three different meals where at some point in the meal, I like, had tears because of how good the food was. Uh, one was a friend from Venezuela made arepas in her kitchen for us and was just like, and the whole time I was like, man, I just, I can't even, I think it's something, there's so much that goes into it. Like even, I was like, this is coming from her family. This is, and then it also just tasted so good. Um, another time, I think we were on a date at the press room and it was some kind of pizza that had crab on it, and I don't know. I, it was really good. Um, but, but we're from Lancaster, PA, Trista and I, I guess, originally, um, which, I don't know if you know this, but pretty much all of your pastors now are from <laughs> that, that, that region. So Sean came here, well, I think like 14 years ago, maybe, from Harrisburg, and then Paul is from Harrisburg. I'm from Lancaster, which is like 35, 40 minutes outside of Harrisburg. And then Andy and Lee are from Harrisburg. Um, so there's, there's definitely a connection. But I think that was even prophesied like when, when Paul came that there was going to be a, a connection between the two states. But anyway, Lancaster, I went back in September for my birthday uh, to see an Eagles game. And as soon as I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Farms. There's farms everywhere. Like that was like, I lived here long enough that I'd forgotten what that looked like. And I just, um, yeah, I love Albuquerque, but I just forgot that there were farms everywhere and farms have their pluses and minuses. Uh, There's a certain smell that goes throughout the whole city, (laughs) truly the whole city. Anyway, there's a restaurant that's really, really good called Luca. It is one of my favorite restaurants in Lancaster. This, it's like fine Italian food. Um, not like, it's not like normal like spaghetti and meatballs. Like it's like, I don't know, it's a, there's something different. And, it's in, and uh, one of the things they had on the menu is beef tongue. And I did not want to try it, but the guy, the waiter said, if I can tell you anything, I'll tell you that it is like filet mignon and prime rib had a baby. Um, <laughs> And it was so good. Okay, so, and so we ordered this as an appetizer and it comes out and I think the whole plate was just, there was like two tomato slices, some kind of like beans, uh, some like sprout looking things, this like white cream sauce and this big beef tongue. Um, And that was the whole, that was the whole thing. And it was so gross looking, like, (laughs) I actually, you might think I'm exaggerating because we were on a date. I had to have Trista cut it up for me and put it all together because I was like, I can't look at it because you can see where they peeled off the, yeah, <laughs> you could. You can see all the little, like, the, the buds or whatever. Um, and so I'd have Trista cut it up and, and put it on a fork and I'd be like, um, but that is single-handedly the very best bite of food I've ever taken in my life. And this thing happened that, I don't know how to explain it. It's not normal. I think some people experience it when they look at art, like they see a painting and they're like, it's doing something different for me and everybody else just, because when we were eating it, I'm, I, we were both doing it. Like every single bite, we'd be like, oh my gosh. And I could, no joke, I could feel 
like sunshine. <laughs> you think, I know it sounds insane. I could feel it and I could smell like, I could, I feel like I could like touch and smell the, the soil like that those like tomatoes were grown in. And I could feel like the, the like effort of the person who picked them. That's never happened to me ever before eating something. And I was like, this person, whoever prepared this, there's like a different level there. And it was something, has anybody ever experienced anything like that? It doesn't have to be with food, just anything. You're like, we're all watching this, but I'm go there's something much deeper going on in me. Um, there's a story growing up, Jack and the Beanstalk, where Jack gets magic beans and he plants them. I can't remember why he plants them. Does he want something? He, and then it grows this huge vine or stalk that goes up and um, he ends up climbing it and there's a giant up there. And as ridiculous as that sounds, or of a story that is, I, on, this is me, I honestly think that regular seeds are just as like out there and like mysterious and mystical to me. The fact that you would be able to say like, here, just take this and then you'll plant it. And then a little bit later, you'll get real food from it. I'm, I like to think I'm like averagely smart. Like I had a 4.0 in high school and graduated with honors in college. But there's just so many things that are just like way over my head, like seeds. Like I just don't get it. Like it's just, yeah, that you would plant that. And then all of a sudden there's food and you can feed you can feed people and you can start a business and, oh, that's good. Um, so Tuesday morning, I started uh, my week. I woke up and I was praying. And if you went to Flourish, how many of you guys were at Flourish? That was, yeah, so good, so good. Uh, Tanya, Pastor Tanya, had done this exercise where she was like, we're gonna pray in the garden with, with God. And we're going to ask questions like, what's, what's your garden look like? You're kind of, you're praying. Um, for me, a lot of times I see this like in my imagination, my mind's eye. Um, and so I was doing this Tuesday morning and he took me to the garden. And in the garden, there's like rows, uh, you know, of dirt, but there's nothing growing yet. And Jesus is just down on his knees and uh, he's got a little trowel and he's digging it and he's opening it or it's, you know, and he takes a seed and he puts it in and he kind of covers it over. And I'm just probably like 20 feet off under this big tree sitting at like a little white metal table. And uh, just the whole thing is super intimidating to me, like watching him because I don't understand how, I don't understand how it works. That's like, that's the reality. I don't understand how it works. So it felt very intimidating. Like I've never gardened. So I just don't know. Like I find some stuff, if you've never done it, it feels very overwhelming to me. Um, and then, but God, like the father was sitting right next to me and I, I knew he knew that I was intimidated watching Jesus. And he said, I want you to go, I want you to go and learn from him. I want you to go and learn from him. It's not as hard or as complicated as you think it is. I was like, okay. And this week I was planning on talking about, I was planning on preaching solely out of the parable of the mustard seed. And so I have this time with Jesus. And then when I get to work, I, I look over what I want to preach this week um, about the mustard seed. And then I see that the passage right before it starts in Mark 4.26, you don't even have to bring it up yet, says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. 
A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, and whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. I was like, okay, I think I know where we're going. I was like, it's just, I don't know how it happens. And he's like, yeah, that's what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this week. Because to me, uh, I do think that the idea of planting, taking care of plants, uh, gardening, I do think it's very overwhelming and very complicated. Um, I think that it is very hard to keep a plant alive. Uh, we've had, we've, this is, we're in the second house that we've owned, and I have no idea what's going on in my backyard. We have a big patch of uh, very nice synthetic turf, so that's good and easy. I don't have to worry about it. But then we have another really big tree uh, that looks like it's dying. I don't know. And I, I don't know why you would plant a tree that would just die. And I don't know what kind it is. I don't know what kind of care it needs. We also have uh, what I think is like a pine tree, yes. But ours looks like it's dying. And on the other side of the wall, there are three in our neighbor's yard that look like they're doing just fine. Um, and I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. It's, I find it really stressful. And this is the same thing in our last house. I was like, I don't know. It's like you have to plant things in the right soil. You need, like, to, take, you need to water them every so often. I don't know. I don't know. So I do think it's hard and complicated. But the thing is, it is very different in the kingdom of God. Uh, which is, okay, let's bring that passage up. Mark 4, 26 through 29 uh, from the NIV. Uh, this is the ESV, so I'll just read that. Um, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And these are, these are parables. And there's just times, I, I've shared this with you before, but there are just times when you're reading something and you're like, I know there's something more here. Like even beyond the parable explanation, I know there's something more here. And that's kind of how I felt this week, just um, being like, okay, Jesus, if, you're, if or, you want me to go and learn from Jesus what it looks like to, to, to sow and to reap, and, um, and it's not that complicated, then show me what it looks like. Um, so I'm gonna, if you're a note taker, I'm gonna give you some things to write down um, about how planting, like reap, sowing and reaping in the kingdom are very different than in the normal world. Uh, one, you don't have to plant in a precise manner. Like, it's not like you go here, this seed goes here, this seed goes here, this seed goes here. Um, he just says, a man goes out and he scatters seed on the ground. And I, was, I think it was Stephen, we were talking about, you were talking about, was it radishes or beets? Beets. Stephen's like, when you plant beets, I would do it with my grandpa. He's like, you don't actually just like line up a seed and do it in a row. He's like, you throw a bunch out because you don't know which ones they're gonna take. It's not all of them. Um, but in the kingdom, you, there's no encouragement to be like, you need to plant a very precise way just go out and scatter. And if you remember, on January 1st, when we started our evangelism series, uh, we, t we preached on the parable of the sower, like where some lands here, some lands there, some grows up, some doesn't make it, but it was still, you're just throwing out seed. Um, 
It doesn't require exact methods. It doesn't require uh, exact places. So in, I feel like in earthly gardening or sowing and reaping, you do ch choose specific soil. You choose to, to plant in specific seasons. You, um, you want to plant where things are going to grow. But in the kingdom, it doesn't work like this because if you were considering what would be good soil, you might think like the temple. I don't know, like if you're in Jesus' time, you're like, where can I preach the message of the kingdom of God uh, where it would be received? And maybe you would think the kingdom. But instead, Jesus chooses places like the Gerasenes, which is a cemetery where there's one man who's mostly unclothed, fully possessed by a lot of demons and chained, and he keeps breaking the chains. And for Jesus, he's like, this is a great place to garden. Which is just, I love that he does that because it's, it's very different. It's not about, like, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to know anything. I think this is what I like, is that in the kingdom, when it comes to sowing and reaping, you don't have to know pretty much anything. You're just like, I plant seeds, the rest is going to happen. Um, two, so the first one was you don't have to plant in a precise manner. Two, uh, you won't know the exact schedule. So I don't know what it's like here, but I was doing some research online and they were like, typically maybe with tomatoes, you would start planting them in mid-May. Like, that would be good. What'd you say? Just after Mother's Day. Is that true? Uh, you would start planting them in mid-May and then harvest them all the way through June, maybe early, or early July and August. Is that right? I don't know, guys. I don't garden. Uh, but... So in the, king, or in, in the world, it's like this. They're like, you plant this then, and it'll take this long, and you should expect to see seeds, or you should expect to see growth here, and then you'll harvest about this time. But in the kingdom, it is just be planting all the time. Like, be throwing out seeds all the time, and then keep an eye out for the harvest, because you won't know when it's coming. Does that make sense? You won't know. So you're like, I throw seeds, and sometimes it might, like, get planted, watered, grown, harvested, 10 minutes. Other times it might, it might be years. I remember when we were in college, um, I was, we went to the mall to share our faith and there was a, uh, we had a Dippin' Dots stand and I just, I don't know what I said to her, but I went up to the girl uh, running the Dippin' Dots thing and said something along the lines of like, do you know who Jesus is? I don't know, something like that. Um, and she was, I don't even, the point is, I don't even remember the conversation and I was like, well, okay. And then, but it was just a real brief conversation about faith. And then probably, I want to say four years later, um, Tristan and I were giving some like new students a tour, our incoming students a tour of the campus. And that girl was there and she said, do you remember me? And I said, no. And she said, uh, I'm the girl from Dippin' Dots. She was like, you asked me a question that day about my faith, and I got home and was like, huh, how serious am I about my faith? She was like, and then, I, then she was like, and then I just kept thinking about it and thinking, like, I want to give my life to ministry, and now I'm at this Bible school. Um, which was pretty wild, because I was like, all right. It was just like, you know, zeal for the Lord at a mall, just talking to somebody at, with a simple question. Um, but, the, but the reality is, so Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 says, for everything there is a season, every, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, 
a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time to plant and a time to harvest. Um, again, in the world, how many of you have actually grown things? Like you're like, why is this so hard for him? <laughs> like, I just... But I, I'm more relating to this parable on the other side where he's like, in the kingdom though, you will plant, like there's a time to plant and a time to harvest, but you won't know when. Which is why in this story, it says it grows. He, he just goes to bed day and night and it's doing it itself. He doesn't know how it's happening. But at the very end, when the grain is ripe, immediately, at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So you don't have to know when it's coming. You just have to trust that when you're sowing seeds of the kingdom, you're preaching the message of the kingdom, that when you're sowing it, it's going to grow. It's going to bring growth and you need to be on the lookout for it. Um, three, the emphasis of labor is not on you. This, this part where it says, the earth produces by itself. That is, that's like when, when, I, when you're talking about like Jack and the Beanstalk or the other stuff, this is why I'm like, I don't, it is way more than just like happenstance or like a, just a random thing that occurs that you can put a seed in the ground and at some point without anybody doing anything, there's things happening under the ground where life is coming out, like where fruit is coming out. Um, I was talking to someone in the office, I won't say who this week, and I was reading this and they were like, but actually we do know how now, it's nitrogen mostly. Um, and, and I was like, that's really helpful. Um, no, because this specific person actually gets it and gets excited by it. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. I'm just saying in the parable, we don't know what happens. Um, but the beauty is, is that the emphasis of labor is taken off of you. It is not you. It is not you. And for me, that brings so much freedom just to go, basically, God is going, why don't you just keep sowing seeds? Why don't you share the message of the kingdom of God and just trust that I'm at work then? And then you just be ready for the harvest. You just be ready for the harvest. First um, Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. Do we have that? First Corinthians, yeah. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. I just, I think I've already said it, but I just want to re-say re it, restate it, is that when you plant seeds of the kingdom, which could be, that could look like a lot of things, by the way, planting seeds of the kingdom, but largely preaching and sharing Jesus. Uh, when you hear the kingdom of God, because you're going to be hearing that a lot over the next few months, that phrase, you should be thinking about the rule and reign of God on earth the kingdom of God being the rule and reign of God. So when people preach the gospel, like John the Baptist goes around preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then when he gets arrested, Jesus starts preaching the exact same message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of God is at hand. The gospel, the gospel isn't just that Jesus died 
and rose again for the forgiveness of your sin. When Jesus is coming to bring in, when Jesus is coming to bring in the kingdom of God, it is ushering in a brand new way of living. It's ushering in the rule and reign of God on earth. It's breaking in on earth. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, I'll just say it one more time. You sow, God does it. So the labor, the emphasis is not on you, which takes pressure off of somebody like me who goes, I can't keep up with it. I don't know. I don't know pH balances of soil. I don't know, like I don't even feel like I have time. To, I don't feel like I even have time. Four, you don't have to know how things work. Uh, there are just a lot of Christians, probably myself included, definitely myself included, who just want to know how everything works. You just want to know. And you're like, if God would just tell me exactly what it's going to look like, I would totally do it. And there's this weird thing where I feel like Christians who know about the prophetic and love the prophetic have gotten maybe a little addicted to it at times, where you're like, instead of just going, the word says this, so I'm going to do it. The word says that if I sow seed, there's going to be fruit. Instead of doing that, you're like, yeah, but what? Like, where? Tell me, like, if you would show me where exactly to plant this seed. If you give me a seed, I will plant it. Or you think of the, the parable of the talents, and you're like, well, I don't want to, like, put it over there and then have it not do anything. And then he comes back and he takes my talent, and, you know. Um, but just... There's this thing, it takes the pressure. I'm gonna read, there's a, a theologian, uh, last name Bach, and it says, this parable explains how mysteriously spiritual seed, how mysteriously spiritual seed produces fruit in the kingdom. The sower in this parable is anyone who shares the word because he is unaware of exactly how things work. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens. I just know that you share about Jesus or you share, you're sharing the kingdom in some manner, and that underneath, the, the, the whole theme of these two parables is secrecy. Underneath, something's happening, and you don't have to do it. God is powerfully and mysteriously at work in the preached word of the kingdom. Um, so those are, I mean, so those are four differences, but two similarities are um, that growth still comes in stages. Like you, like you can plant without going like, okay, when do I see it? What am I, like, what am I looking for? Just knowing that it's, like, it's okay if things happen in stages. It's okay, uh, like the passage we read before this. Can you go back to the previous one, uh, previous verses? Uh, where he says, first, no, previously, uh, it's okay. Mark four twenty six. It says, the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And secondly, uh, is that the goal is still fruit and harvest. No one's planting just for fun. The goal is still fruit and harvest. In, in the natural and in the spiritual and in the kingdom of God, the goal is still fruit. It's, the goal is still that there's a harvest and somebody to come and reap the harvest. I want to look at the next, the next one about the mustard seed. Mark 4, 30 through 32, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, 
Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Um, I've been, I know I was going to preach for a couple like months now, and the last part of this is like what I've been meditating on for months. Just this imagery. When I, just this imagery that you plant something so, 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 so small, and then all of a sudden, somewhere down the road, you have this huge thing that is sort of like taken over, and all of a sudden, there's branches that are out, and birds are making their nests in its shade. This is like, it like blessed my heart when I first read it, and it still is. It's like, it's how the kingdom of God is. It's like, it seems insignificant, and you don't even see it, and then all of a sudden, boom, there it is. Like, you have the ability for birds to make nests in its shade. And I think even this, just my encouragement to you is like, my real encouragement, my, my hope for you is that you will just commit yourself to sowing seeds without any pressure to, to make something happen. Because what's gonna happen is that somebody somewhere is gonna accept that. It's gonna take root. Some may not, but when it says, then there's things that make like 30, 60, 100 fold, right? Like they have that much kind of fruit is that years down the road, you have this thing where there's like entire cities who are just functioning and walking in the kingdom of God, like the ways of Jesus. Um, and it just, lately I've been really enamored by ecosystems. And like, because again, big level stuff that I'm like, how does that work? How does that work? Even something simple, like somebody starts a business and then all of a sudden people start working for that business and people have jobs. And then all of a sudden people have money to like do things with to, uh, or, or people start coming to that city because there are jobs there. Like you don't have to really advertise. There's a movie, um, have you guys ever seen The Biggest Little, the biggest little Farm? Who, yeah, who said that? yes. The Biggest Little Farm uh, is easily one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like top documentary, this couple buys a farm this couple buys a farm and their goal is just to like have everything support itself. And it's so beautiful and kind of like hard to believe like just how, how things happen. And so they're like, oh my gosh, our trees, the soil's bad. So the trees are bad. So we don't have like what we need here. We don't have the, I don't know what they need. Um, the, the nitrogen. Who <laughs> said nitrogen? <laughs> they don't have the nitrogen. Uh, Anyway, and then at one point, their trees are finally healthy and they're actually like growing fruit again. And then, so all of a sudden, then there's snails everywhere. Snails that didn't exist on their farm before exist there now. I don't know how they found out about the fruit, the fruit trees, but they did. And then they're just there and they're destroying everything and they don't have the manpower or the money to pay people to like, because that's what they're trying to do. They're just paying people to like pull off snails and like throw them in buckets. And, um, and they keep going back to this one sort of farming guru and they go back to him and he's like, I think it's, is it ducks, geese, something like that? They're like, you, should, you, should, you need to add these into your, into your farm. So then they add them and then all of a sudden the snails are gone. Like, it's just like that. Like they're like, every day they're just, they eat them and then they don't have to pay anybody. And then they get the, the benefit of having that on their farm. Um, there's just, I keep seeing this, this kind of thing with ecosystems. Even at Flourish, like the very first night we walked in, um, 
we walk in and everyone's eating together and they're having conversations and they're not having conversations because we were there and said, okay, now is conversation time. Um, they're just doing it. And then you go, we go into worship and worship's just like, so easy. No one's having to tell anyone to worship. And then we go into a time of teaching and then we go, the best, the best part every time was when people were splitting up into different groups and without any prompting really, there's just like some questions to be asking. Groups of like three or four guys, three or four women, they're just like praying for each other, tears, just like laying hands, supporting um, good conversation. And I had this thought at one point, I was like, this is all because we had meetings? <laughs> like, because I don't know, like again, a lot of this stuff just feels so, so big to me that I was like, we just had some meetings in our office and now people are doing this? Huh, weird. Um, just one more example. Um, apple seeds. Uh, one of our staff is getting married at, what's that place called? Manzana something or other? Manzana something or other. And we were talking about this and I was like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, just how bizarre it is that you're like, okay, you start with something like early on, like an apple seed. You have an apple tree that grows and then it becomes something to so many people where um, all of a sudden, again, you have an orchard and it's people's home and it's people's livelihood and it's people's jobs. This place has become taking care of it, harvesting the fruit. And then you have something where like to some people, apples, it's like, oh, it's fall. Like it's, it's cider. Like it's like this thing that connects. And then you have a lady on Food Network talking about a recipe for apple pie. And you're like, this all stems from just like, somebody somewhere continuing to plant apple trees and grow apples. Um, I don't really want to overcomplicate it. I just, because I don't really have the ability to overcomplicate a lot, a lot of things. I think I say I don't want to overcomplicate it a lot because I feel like a lot of what I'm sharing is pretty straightforward. Um, but this parable, the parable that the kingdom of God, you plant this super small seed and then all of a sudden, it's just, there's, it's like full glory. And it's actually um, Pliny the Elder, who lived from 23 to 79, uh, was talking about mustard. And he said, mustard with its pungent taste and fiery effect is extremely beneficial for health. It grows entirely wild, though it is improved by being transplanted. But on the other hand, when it has once been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it as the seed, when it falls, germinates at once. Because if you remember, Jesus also talked about the kingdom of God being like leaven. He's like, you just put a little bit in, and then it's just like, and it takes over the whole thing, and you cannot take it back out. This is how the kingdom of God works. So you guys, knowing this about, about your words, about your actions, when you're sharing the message of the kingdom, you plant these seeds, and then once it's there, once it like actually is in there and it germinates, you don't even have to see how just trusting that it is like taking over and at some point is creating a place of glory. It's creating a place of safety. And even, we've talked about this before, even you guys, the fact that you're in the kingdom of God is wild. The fact that somewhere a long time ago, someone shared the gospel and, it, and then someone believed and it took root and then they passed it down and passed it down and passed it down until it made its way over here in your family at some point, whether they knew it before you came over here or whether you received it here, it has become a safe place for you. 
You get to experience healing in a week. You get to experience salvation. You get to experience freedom. Um, hmm. I want to read 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Nothing that you do on behalf of the kingdom is ever to waste. It never goes to waste. Just trusting. You'd be like, I don't see it. You're like, I keep doing this. And I, and I think that's, I shared this at Flourish a little bit, that like how sort of volatile I was when I was a young missionary is that I would share. And if I didn't always see immediate fruit, I'd be like, what's the point of this? And I, it would fluctuate, like how, how confident I was. And this, this thing that's been in my heart is just, if only a Christian would fully believe any one good thing, like fully believe one good thing about the Lord. Like if you fully believed, if we fully believed that if, I'm, if I plant seeds of the kingdom, that there will be fruit to harvest, I would be planting if I fully believed that I walked in authority to heal, I would be praying for people and people would be getting healed. I don't know if you've ever done this where you're like, I'm gonna pray for people to get healed. And then all of a sudden, whether you see everyone get healed or not, you start seeing people get healed. If you really believed that the wages of sin is death, and that the only way to have freedom was to, for someone to hear the name of Jesus and to actually understand what he did on the cross, what, what the Father's inviting us into. Not, not belief like I know, it, I know it biblically, but like I believe this, like I'm consumed with it, to actually go, I can't escape the reality that people are dying apart from Jesus. And all I have to do is tell them and then there's gonna be growth at some point. Um, you can stand. We're going to stand. Um, I just, I wanted to invite you. Um, I wanted to invite you into a prophetic act. A prophetic act. Is that right? Am I saying it? Prophetic act. Which, if you don't know what that is, a prophetic act uh, is a physical action that you are making as a decree or a declaration of what will be coming. So it's something you're doing physically that is, uh, as Chris Valentin says, physical action bringing a spiritual release. Um, so there are times where you do something and what, and instead of just saying, this is where I'm going, your physical action is, is actually releasing the thing that you're believing for. Um, yeah, you can play Bill. Um, essentially, we're not wrapping up evangelism. We're just kind of coming to the head, the head of it. Like we're culminating four months now of evangelism. Uh, and my encouragement to you, my, my hope is that you're feeling the need to respond. Like in your heart that at some point you've been like, I want to be part of it. I want to be part of sowing and reaping. And I'm willing, basically just making the declaration that I will be sowing seeds of the kingdom. I will be sowing seeds of the kingdom. I will be watching for the harvest. And when the harvest comes, 
even if it's a really inconvenient time for the harvest to come, that you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go out and bring it in. So, essentially, just I want, you go ahead and close your eyes. I'm just gonna ask the Holy Spirit, and you asked who, if that's supposed to be you, if you want to be part of it, if you were willing to. if you were willing to essentially lay down your life to plant, that you're gonna speak the name of Jesus and you're gonna be part of preaching the kingdom and you're gonna be part of seeing it come in, regardless of if he tells you how it's gonna look or when it's gonna happen. feel like that's you, it's, if it's something that you're willing to be a part of, I want you to come forward. Um, in the white bowls, we have mustard seeds, and I just want you to come and grab one, and then you can just stand in the front. I think there's enough. There's probably like 40,000 in these little white bowls. And I dropped it. <laughs> you've already grabbed one, make space for others. In my head, this seemed easier than bagging up these tiny little seeds, but I don't know. Let's just make sure you make space. So tiny. Isn't it wild? That is wild. The fact that that could become anything. Ugh. I could not be holding anything and you wouldn't know that I wasn't holding anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's spread those out. I'm gonna, we'll spread that out a little more. No, not yet. No, the seeds are in, in the white ones, sorry. Does everybody who has a seed or wants a seed has a seed? I don't think so, right? There's still a lot of people. So if you've already got one, this is just gonna be a lot of shuffling around. It's okay. I'll just invite you, if you have it, to kind of stay up front because we're going to do, the prophetic act we're going to do is something with it. Um, I don't know, it's just, the reason I wanted you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit is because it's not something to be taken lightly. It's something genuinely going like, God, I am going to be part of this. I'm going to be part of sowing. I'm going to be part, I'm going to keep my eyes open and I'm going to be part of reaping. Who still needs, maybe I still need one? All right, 
Um, then what we're gonna do is just, I just want you essentially, I have, we have three pots of soil. Um, don't, we're not, we're not hoping to grow them. This is not, you're not like, that's too many seeds for one little pot. This is more just about the prophetic act, is to take a seed, just one at a time, there's no rush, stick it in and push it down. It's like your, this is your act of like commitment to, to being part of this. Um, I'm just gonna pray and then I'm gonna release you guys to do it. Jesus, we hear your words about the kingdom of God. We hear your words about um, sowing and we don't know what happens, but it, it, it's producing. And at some point there's gonna be a harvest, Jesus, and we want to be part of it. We agree that, we agree with your words that the kingdom of God can start out looking so insignificant but with this tiny seed, God, that it, it provides safety, it provides a place of residence, it provides shade, God, it provides protection, and that your kingdom is coming in glory, God. Your kingdom is coming. And God, we're believing that our seeds are gonna be part of this. So whether we, we plant, we water, we sow, Jesus, it is you who brings the increase, God, and we're just, we're just saying, take this action and use it for your glory, God. Amen. So no need to rush, you'll have a good moment just to take it and push it.